I'm pretty sure I heard your voice through my phone last night. And it was not at a opportune time because my wife looked at me and went, who the hell is listening to us right now? You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, we've been getting lots of complaints about uh, the uh, the video that we do on Facebook Live, uh, primarily that whenever they try to look at me on uh, the their their video of Facebook Live, they uh, they can sometimes see my face. They want to, want me to keep my microphone in front of my face as much as possible. Actually, I never think about uh, how how it looks on the camera. I always think about how it sounds uh, to uh, all of our audio listeners. So I just want to say we're seeing a major increase in our daily downloads, and that is all because of you, the listener. Keep it going because more listens means more subscribers, and it means more great guests and giveaways. Direct people to the website, jeeptalkshow.com, or to our YouTube channel. You know, everybody knows how to work YouTube, right? (laughs) So that's sometimes the hardest part is trying to get them to understand where they can go and watch. So everyone is invited to our roundtable. The roundtable is recorded every Tuesday night, and that episode is released on Wednesday. To join in, uh, just connect using Zoom. And, of course, Zoom is free. Uh, All you have to do is just install it on your phone or desktop or tablet. Uh, You can get the link to our Zoom meeting uh, by uh, subscribing to our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up. Just put your email address in there, and then uh, you'll get a reminder every week. So now we join the Zoom meeting already in progress. Keep in mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed and usually socially unacceptable. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Or opinions. Sometimes we have more than one opinion. So let me uh, let me bring the Zoom people in here. So Zoom people, we're this is the last roundtable before Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. I know it's a little early to you guys, and I just panicked a few of you because you go Christmas, really? <laughs> I gotta I gotta buy some presents. I gotta go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> but shopping's easier because you can do it online, right? Definitely. Yeah, the Amazon the Amazon truck needs to get moving. So, it's easy to let my wife do it. So I, I know I know you guys always like something special. And uh, before we get going in the conversation, I thought we uh, we would do something very special. Christmas Uh-oh. is my favorite time of year. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Christmas is my favorite time of year. Oh, yes, it is. Everybody knows when it's near. Everybody's song. Children yells and jingle bells. Give me something no one sells and fill that cup on up with Christmas cheer. So, if you're not a uh, a longtime listener to the show, people know this uh, this this song from our first episode. In 2010, I believe it was. Uh, I think it was like the last week of December was episode number one, and it was called XJ Talk Show back then. And I think I played this song three times. So everybody loves it. It's This is a Christmas tradition on the Jeep Talk Show. And uh, from my very good friend Tom Rapp, this is an original 
uh, song that he did uh, over uh, over 10 years ago. I guess 11, 11 at least because of uh, this year. Anyway, everybody knows the song. I'll uh, I'll wrap it up there. So anyway, I knew you guys would enjoy that. Well, we did, did somebody act? Did somebody request that? No. <laughs> <laughs> somebody. Actually, I think Thursday. Somebody did. I think somebody mentioned it Thursday. So somebody. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned it because they said, "Oh God, that Christmas song Tony played three times," which well, reminded that, me. Which reminded me about it, and that's why I played it tonight. So thank I, them. <laughs> I believe I believe that Jeep Talk Show has evolved, and, and not tonight, but maybe play some John Valby, if anybody knows who John Valby is. No. Is he part of Nickelback? No. You'll, you'll, you, you, may, you may or may not appreciate it, but uh, check out John Valby, also known as Dr. Dirty. Ah, Dr. Dirty. <laughs> things you Sounds listen. like a good, good, wholesome Christmas. All right. So anyway, um, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to you guys, uh, uh, especially for being here tonight with us on the Zoom meeting. I uh, I thought that we would uh, we we would start off with something that you know only really pertains to me, <laughs> which is oh. <laughs> which is always always cool when you have your own show. Uh, Sirius XM. Or is it Sirius or Sirius? Sirius? Are you serious? I think it's Sirius. Serious. So, so the 2021 uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator came with six months of Sirius XM. That ran out in October, and since then I've been receiving email offers uh, for one year at $6 a month. And it, they say it's normally $22 a month. $22 a month. And I'm, I'm not, I hope I'm not shaming anybody if you're a subscriber at $22 a month. Uh, so if you subscribe to Sirius XM, what's the best price you are able to get? <laughs> Six dollars m- per a month for twelve months. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. But we are, right. when we bought our new new one, we had a year's worth. That mine was yeah, red. My, my mine was they changed in six months. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, I only got six months because I got the red Jeep. All the other colors they felt bad for, and we're giving them a year. <laughs> so it's interesting deal, dealing with that company has really been interesting because they've offered me twelve dollars a month instead of the twenty two. It depends on the guy that answers the phone when you're talking to him. The kayaks are warranty yeah. people, right? I mean, they, they're, they're they will negotiate. Oh, yeah. They will negotiate. So I used to do, I had a friend who had got a new car and had Sirius. And when it ran out, she wouldn't get it again. She wouldn't pay for it. So I could only get her a $50 gift card for Sirius. She couldn't pick it in increment. So I gave her a $50 gift card. She called him up and got him to give her a one-year subscription for the $50 gift card. They they started out with the price, and she just kept going, all I have is this $50 gift card. That's all I can spend. <laughs> and eventually, they agreed to it and gave her the year for $50. So every year after that, I gave her a $50 gift card for three or four years. She let her subscription lapse. And they call them up and be like, well, wait, you did this last time, and that's all I got. So for three or four years that I gave her the gift card for Christmas, she got it for 50 bucks a year. Oh, that's, not, that's not bad. That's pretty good. So those of you that do, do – well, actually, does anybody here have a subscription to SiriusXM currently? I do. Why, why do you have it? Well, one thing is I'm a truck driver. That's, and a, that's a perfect example. I use, yep. I use it. I listen to the radio and that and everywhere I go, I always have the same station. Yes. That makes I perfect sense. 
I thought that that was the brilliant idea, but there's, as far as I know, there's not much of a business model appealing just to people that are traveling uh, distances that are outside of uh, FM or AM, uh, local AM, FM uh, broadcast stations. Uh, but that's the only sense that I saw in it was it's if you were driving across the uh, the open road and you wanted to uh, listen to one station and I have to hunt and pick or uh, God help you pick out, you know, make a plan of what you were going to listen to as you traveled across the country. When Correct. I first started listening to it, it was way back when it was XM or Sirius. They're two separate companies. Right. When I was going across the country, I started using it. So, so does I actually, probably let I it go. actually have it. I've got it, on, I've got it oh. in my truck that's for work because I drive about between 40 and 45,000 miles a year on it. So while I'm traveling, especially certain years, election years, I find it interesting to do. Oh, I got a phone call coming in. But anyway, the other reason is my Jeep reception is really bad. And so I got the app. And so I can use it in my Jeep, too, with through the app. So it's like a multi-vehicle thing with the app. Um, I don't know if you, if you got to get that get that call or not, but uh, did um, um, oh yeah, he's going to go get the call. All right. Uh, so anybody else one have? Thing, I'm sorry. One thing I can't, don't like. One thing I don't like about it is my wife has X7 in her car, and I have it in mine. And hers elapsed. I tried putting it on hers using my same account, and they won't let you. Has to be two separate accounts for different vehicles. Oh, I think there's I some like. sort of there's some sort of code or something goes in the radio. I think. Yeah. So that is charged. So I don't stuff. have it. Yeah, but that's the part about the app. Any. If the app, so the app, the, the subscription in my truck was twelve dollars for six dollars more a month for eighteen dollars. I'm getting it on the app, so I can take it into any vehicle with my phone. And run it that way and access it through my radio uh, uh, on Bluetooth. That's, that's a good idea. That's that's the way I run it now. So am I am I just yeah. cheap or is twenty two dollars a month a god off a lot of money for something that you? I mean, you, you listen to a podcast, and I guess you guys don't all just listen to podcasts when you're out driving. But I, I primarily listen to podcasts, and no, it's not just this one. <laughs> it, it is expensive, but I fought with them. I let it lapse. I do get it down to like six. Sometimes so, they'll fight you and keep it at twelve. So I have my wife, my, my wife used it a lot. So she got the I think it was like a three month deal in the Tahoe. Um, and then when it when it expired, she came to me and was like, "Oh, let's get this." And I'm like, well, you, "You know, you're, you're working out if you want it, kind of thing." But she she really likes it because she loves the '90s music. And she just put it on that channel and it just goes. And then at Christmas time, like you know now. She tuned into all the Christmas channels it's just not without any commercials or anything like that. So, I mean, she, she uses it in, in, in her car a lot. I, I can't because I'm a podcast or I've got my own music playlist. I'm an old guy now. I don't like any modern music, right? That's all those. So all of my stuff has been out for long enough. That I, can, I can build my playlist when I do want to listen to music. And so I don't, I don't see a need for it for my personal. Life loves it, though. So I used to have it. I don't. I've haven't had it for years, but I used to have it back whenever they were two separate companies. And uh, I don't know how they can stay alive anymore really, with yeah. the modern streaming music apps that are out there. And you can take your pick of whichever one. I pay five dollars a month to to 
for YouTube music because I can listen without ads and I can download music for the times that I'm outside of cell coverage. So why, why would I pay a satellite company $12 a month to listen to what they want me to listen to whenever I can go on YouTube music and pick anything I want to listen to, even stuff that's not mainstream and like out in the public for the most part, like people like music, people make in their garage sometimes, or you can listen to basically anything that's out there. And download it for offline use. And right? yeah, and and download it for offline use. But that that's the only reason I pay for it. If you always had cell service and you didn't want to like download the music and you were okay with ads, you could run you could run you YouTube music streaming for free twenty four seven and not pay a dime other than your data service on your phone. Yeah, that's very true. Well you know, the internet really has screwed up a bunch of money making opportunities. It's removed a lot of the middlemen. Uh, and that's certainly true for podcasting because mm-hmm. normally uh, that I would have to come up with an idea. I'd have to come up with some sort of uh, demos and try to get on. And, and I'm just guessing at this because I've never done anything like this other than podcasting. And I would have to try to get somebody in, involved to uh, basically back me in the show so you guys could listen. <laughs> and, but that's, not, that's no longer the case. All I have to be, I mean, frankly, you could do a podcast with a, with a cell phone these days, just record it on the cell phone and publish it. So the cost is nil. And all these people that used to have all kinds of uh, uh, yay and nay power over people, and I think part of that is in the music industry, uh, that, uh, that's just gone away because, uh, I mean, it's still there to a degree, but a lot of it's gone away. So there's a lot of people actually having to work for a living now. Now look at Joe Rogan, right? You oh, know, yeah. His, he wanted to be able to say, Whatever he wanted to say, however he wants, and then he gets what is it, a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify? Hundred and ten, yeah. But there's no oversight from Spotify, right? They they let him still run it however he wants. It just he needs to exclusively publish it there. So Yeah. Oh, uh, Tony, what you need to do, Tony, is come up with a good idea for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of gun podcasts already out there, Bob. <laughs> I know I listen to probably every one of them. <laughs> Need to get one to uh to be able to pull in Neil deGrasse Tyson for an interview, right? Uh, I I just I mean I don't want to hurt Neil's feelings, but I do not care for that show off. Uh <laughs> do not care for him at all. I figured he'd be right up your alley with all no, your uh, no he's he's very well the and the thing that really killed me about him was uh and this is also GP. Uh, the the thing that killed me about him was he was just a huge SpaceX naysayer. He'll never accomplish it. He'll never amount to anything. Uh, and uh, now, of course, now he's had to change his tune. So, I mean, people make mistakes, but just the way he came across was not uh, was not enjoyable to me, and not uh, not positive in us uh, progressing uh, through technology. All right, enough of that. So, uh, on I think it was I think it was last week's show we had uh, the Offroading One Hundred and One group join us here in the. Uh, in the chat, I don't think we have any of them with here with them here uh, or here this week, uh, which makes sense if you think about it. Um, they, uh, I was just curious. Uh, we had the that interview with Todd Todd Bacon of OffRoading101.com, and uh, you guys were able to speak with Todd on our roundtable. Uh, have you taken or consider uh, considered taking an off road class? I've taken both of his uh, the 101 and 201 class, and uh, I was wanting to. Uh, get the gift certificate for the 301 and, and take it next year. What was that, John? 
I said because he said the prices are going up next year. So you oh can buy the yes, that's right. Yeah, now by the end of the year and lock in this year's price. I'm I'm interested. I didn't do one on one or two on one, but based on kind of the just talking with them last week and everything else, I feel like I'd be okay going to the three hundred one. So I know Chip was. You said you'd done some of the was it the Jeep boot camps or something like that that was similar to that. So so yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they talked about their background. A couple of them were former Jeep Jamboree guides, actually one of, I think, was he a coordinator of the event? But he's no longer the coordinator. Um, so Jeep Jamboree also does that. So that's the way I started eight years ago was attending a Jeep Jamboree. And they have basically three levels. When you attend one, you can do the beginner one, you can do an intermediate, or you can do an advanced. So if you did, let's say you did the beginner and was really good, and then the next year you could do an intermediate, and if you build your Jeep up, you could go to the more advanced or extreme group. So that's what the Jamboree really does and offers uh, as a two-day event. And it's more money than what he's charging for his one-day event, but it's like $300 or $400 for the Jamboree for a two-day event, and you're getting meals and things included. Versus, I think his is like what one ninety nine or one fifty for the beginner, and then it goes on up as you advance. Then the other thing that Jeep's done, Jeep wanted to um, have a one day training event because Bronco Ford had bought properties; they built uh, off road courses for people to go learn about their Bronco. And actually, a friend of mine went and attended one because he had his Bronco on order and was not waiting for six to nine months. So. Ford had him go to one of those training camps for a day so that he could uh, go to the off-rodeo with, with Bronco. So to offset that, Jeep contracted with Jeep Jamboree to coordinate what's called the Jeep Adventure Academy, which is also a one-day event. Usually they do it like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the same location, but you only sign up as a beginner for one day, but that's a beginner level only. They don't have the 102 or 103 for that at this point, but they're they're basically hiring the Jamboree guides to come in and trail guide, but they have representatives from Jeep or from other manufacturers like Bestop, um, Terraflex. I'm not sure who all coordinated. Every, every location was subtly different, but they covered the same basic foundations where you have an hour in class, a couple hours out on the trail, and then you come in and have lunch, then you have an hour in class and then a couple more hours on the trail. And that's their that's their event to do that. So there's there's some formal ones like that, as well as some of the local clubs and businesses in every area. I found one out of Cincinnati and other other businesses that will sign up for one-on-one classes, especially for their customers, so they can take them out and talk to them about how to use the accessories they've got and maybe suggest or encourage them to do additional upgrades. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, the, the Jeep Adventure Academy, I, I just signed up for the one in Lano uh, at the end of March uh, in ne- next year. Uh, Great. It's a, it's a really good beginner thing. I, I was a trail guide on the one over here in Indiana this last year, and I'll be one next year, too. It's a great experience. Uh, Chip, I'm, I'm, I'm quick, looking forward to it. Chip, quick question about the uh, the Jeep Jamboree. I mean, first off, how dare they well, with Broncos? Uh, and the, uh, the but the question is, did they they had a lot more than than seven or eight uh, Jeeps out there training uh, the people during Jeep Jamboree? Correct. 
So Jeep Jamboree usually has about a, a cutoff of around 100 Jeeps of participants. Right. And then you may have some sponsors come in that are um, sponsors of the Jeep Jamboree, so they could bring vehicles in. So a lot of times you have, like I said, you, with, uh, TerraFlex or, or whatever tire company they're using. Uh, BF Goodrich has been there, different companies. And then uh, a lot of aftermarket, Rusty's has been there. People, they just whoever's sponsoring can come and then also the trail guides you've usually got three trail guides per group and you've got four to five groups so you know you're talking about 15 trail guides participating plus the coordinator so there's around 120 130 jeeps yeah. participating in all the jamborees which is really kind of exciting to see 130 jeeps line up first thing in the morning and then you break into your groups of of 12 or, or so 12 to 15 jeeps and you go hit the trails now the more advanced groups a lot of times you've only got four or five jeeps because they're really doing extreme things and there's not as many people wanting to do that right well let me when let you, me let me finish up on my question for you because i was I'm sorry no that's all right i was just wondering about how many people were out there how many jeeps were out there and how they handled the training the individual one-on-one -on -one training it sounds like they can't because they have so many Jeeps out there. And that was one of the things I was so impressed with by going to this class is that there was only eight uh, Jeeps and it was a one-on-one -on -one thing. You got to the obstacle and you were talked to and it was discussed and then you did it. I, I don't see them doing that at, on, on the Jeep Jamboree. Correct me if I'm wrong. So in the Jeep Jamboree, you've got the sign-up day in the afternoon and then they have clinics on winching. They have clinics uh, and they look at your radio and talk to you about working they and they require that you have a radio in every vehicle that attends you good. have to have a gmrs now good and so what you find that happens is you break into your groups you have maybe a, a 15 minute or so the beginner groups are longer where you're talking about basic trail stuff with the group before they hit the trail the more experienced guys they just kind of jump in their jeeps have a brief meeting but they go but what you find is during the course of the entire day the leader is going to be talking about what's coming up the trail. And then you've got a mid gunner and a tail gunner and the mid gunner and tail gunner. If there's an obstacle coming up, they'll pull their Jeep off to the side, run up and spot everybody through and talk them through any obstacle that's aggressive. So it's an, it's, it's training similarly, but you're not doing it outside of your Jeep. Most of that training is listening to the radio and then having listened to your spotter, having them explain why did they put you on that line? And so it is very, it's not necessarily one-on-one, -on -one, but at the time you're going over that obstacle <laughs> on that trail, it is because you've probably got a spotter there. So now, that's so, different than the academy. The academy, by breaking out the way they do, you've got 25 Jeeps participating. That's what they have signed up. And you've got, you break into two groups. But again, you spend more time there where you're at an obstacle. They'll probably pull everybody out of their Jeeps and have them look at that obstacle, watch another Jeep go through it, then get in their Jeep and go through that obstacle so that you'll find that Adventure Academy is more one-on-one -on -one or, or feeling that way where you're in a class study, but they're explaining and answering questions individually. Yeah, and, and nothing against Jeep Jamboree. I was just really impressed. Now, keep in mind the offroading101.com uh, course that uh, that's the only course I've ever been in. And I was just, and by the way, we don't have any kind of side deals going on with them. And that's why I'm talking about them so much. I was just so impressed right. with how it was handled that I want to make sure that anybody is out there because you can learn something from it. You can learn something from the one-on-one -on -one class, even if you've been doing Jeep stuff for a long time. Um, but uh, the, 
the thing I was really impressed with the one-on-one stuff because I have been out on, in situations where they say, "Okay, we're going to show you how to, to, to you know go down these trails." And the guy that supposedly knows what he's doing, and I'm sure he did, but I didn't see it firsthand, is, is the trail leader. And you, and, and I mentioned this before, you just follow all the other people that don't know what they're doing down the down the trail, and hopefully they're all being, you know, they're all copying the guy at the front. So it, it sounds like Jeep Jamboree doesn't do it that way because I mean that's that that's a recipe for disaster in my in my mind if you're actually telling people you're going to uh, show them how to wheel. So, uh, and I would love to be on something that's a, has a hundred Jeeps, and I, I'm I'm planning on doing a a Jeep Jamboree event. But I was really happy about uh, the offroading 101.com class, and it's funny. Um, Pam is in the uh, in the Facebook Live, and uh, she she says the classes are so large you don't get the 101 uh, with, uh, with the with like the offroading 101, which is exactly what I was uh, saying and what I was asking about. So, uh, Chip, you've mentioned some places that that you've been a part of or, or that are in your area. Has anybody else uh, had a uh, an off roading uh, class? Or, and if so, where uh, and who's it run by? I've taken a couple with Seven P at Overland Rally and Overland Expo. And was that They're, part of the part of their event, uh, the Overland Expo event? Yep, yep. At the rally, it was a. Their class schedule isn't set. You don't sign up for it. You just go and participate at the expos. You sign up and get a schedule. Kind of like in high school, you get your schedule that you're in these classes and you can go to. But they have obstacles. They drive you over. They teach winching, uh, self-recovery, team recovery, using other vehicles for recovery, what to do if you're out and you don't have another vehicle, solo recovery. Uh, I thought it was a, lot, a good deal. Um, learned a lot doing it. I don't know if I learned a lot I would really use because some of it was pretty complicated, but it was good for learning the theories of like winching or recovery. Right. All right. I still think they should do a kind of like a TED Talk series. I know there's a guy, um, there's a guy out of Colorado. I think his YouTube handle is like, KC250 or something like that. He does the one of the off-road recovery stuff, kind of like Matt, but not as production produced or whatever as Matt's off-road. Um, but he's got a lot of videos he does on winching. You know how to use a snatch block and and how to uh, you know, how to do a multi-winch thing. So it's really pretty interesting videos. How to how to be able to tell how much pull power you have and what you're doing to that pull power. Every time you add something in there, whether it be a link or a snatch block or whatever it is, you know, what, do you, what is that impact to the ability you have to pull? So there were some really good videos they put out. But it'd be nice to see some of those because, you know, everything's virtual nowadays. So that would be great. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the seeing stuff on YouTube is, is really good and it really helps. And especially with the confidence, like if you're going to be working on your Jeep, uh, you know where to look. It's a time saver. You don't have to waste time. I think overly thinking about doing it. You see what what somebody did, and you can just copy them. I don't know that you get the same thing uh, or as good a thing as you get when you go out and experience it firsthand. Uh, and also, too, the cool thing about the class, although it can be boring because it's slow, uh, you have a better opportunity to uh, absorb the information. I mean. Don't get me wrong. Whenever your Jeep rolls over, you remember how not to do that again. But uh, <laughs> I would rather experience it out in a class. But I think the the, Kev, the what I would say that though is like 
if I'm going to go to a class of some sort or I'm going to go into a, a conference or a session, having some background in the material so I can kind of be prepared to know what questions to ask and kind of kind of have some of the, the – I think that's where the YouTube videos really serve, right? I don't think they can replace going to an actual class if you're looking to get that info. But if I've watched a few videos and then I'm hearing them kind of go over something, I'm, I'm at least somewhat familiar with right? And if they're starting it and it's the first time you're ever hearing it, it can be a lot to absorb. So it just kind of helps with that not getting overwhelmed. Right. So uh, let me yeah, – I mean, because I guess at that time you have to consider is like if you're hearing it for the first time, it's like you'll probably be like, well, I don't even know what to ask, you know? So it's better to like, be prepared like you were saying. So I wasn't going to mention this, but I've been rolling around uh, having an idea in my head. You guys all know how technical Josh is and how well he presents material. Uh, I was actually considering uh, having some uh, Jeep Talk Show seminars where we go over really, really basic off-roading, uh, how to do it. And the idea behind this is is not to replace the off-road classes, the actual in-person classes, but to encourage people that have Jeeps and they don't, they don't want to go out to, to these off-road classes because either they're expensive or maybe their Jeep isn't ready or they're not ready because they just don't have the confidence for it. And I thought that everybody uh, feels comfortable uh, going online and some, some people too comfortable uh, and going online and, and, and listening to something. So the first step would be, uh, and anybody could go anywhere, but the first step for, for us would be they would uh, come to our seminar and then uh, we would uh, have a list of uh, off-road uh, classes around the country that we could direct them to. Do you guys think that that's a good idea or maybe not so much? And it wouldn't be like a weekly thing. It, it maybe even be a monthly or a quarterly thing. And Josh, Josh would just present it. I'd be there too, but uh, I, I would try really hard not to say anything. And, <laughs> and just present it and then help direct them to groups like offroading101.com if they were in the Texas area. I think it'd be an excellent idea. I'd sign up for that in, in, a, in a heartbeat. Damn here. Especially if it goes beyond just the off-roading part of it, right? If he was covering some of that technical stuff on welding or fiberglass repair, and then you could kind of point to local classes to take as well. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, you could have topics for days on that. Yeah. Well, I was. I, I, I think I, I, I think Tony, I like the idea to get new Jeepers and comfortable with using their stock Jeeps. I mean, I got a chance to go out this past weekend in the off-road park. I, obviously, I've been out wheeling. Uh, my buddy was there and it's built up JL. We hooked up with a guy in a TJ. There's another uh, group of ladies in a, a pretty brand new a JL, a four door. And um, they want to tag along. And, and we were trying to encourage them just to do some simple stuff. And we, we went down the basic, you know, fire roads and they were real ambivalent about trying anything. They did a couple things and they had a good time. They could have done a lot more. And again, nothing gnarly that we were doing for the most part. I mean, some hill climbs and they were just real ambivalent about it. So I, I agree if they had something, a talk, they would have that more confidence. So when they got up to the off-road park and maybe encountered a group like us, that they, they wouldn't be as apprehensive. I and mean, they finally said, oh, we'll just we'll just meet you back up the front. It's like, okay, we didn't want to press them too much. But right. at the same time, they could have had a better experience. Yeah. Well, that's what I was looking at, because really, the, the the Jeep Talk Show, the idea behind it was getting people involved in, in going off-road, and there's so many people out there. I, I think somebody actually mentioned earlier about 
uh, Ford uh, having the Bronco out and getting people out there where they can take the Broncos off-road. I hope they well, have somebody I, there to replace the tie rods in case that becomes I, an issue. I, I, I got I to gotta say, too, that, though, I was at Hollyoaks ORV Park, and uh, it's a Jeep Badge of Honor location <laughs> at Grail, and, again, it's nothing like Hidden Falls or some of the other Badge of Honor locations I've been to, heard about. But they had, when they opened the park three years ago, a Bronco sign in the, the spirit of the Hollywood sign that you see out in California. Uh-huh. You could you could see it from I-75 driving up. That's all <laughs> gone. And and when they launched the Bronco, they put up the, the round Bronco, like a branded sign. And they had other Bronco stuff out there last year. And my buddy said to me on the radio, he's like, all oh, the Bronco stuff's gone. It took me a second to realize. I don't know if they didn't pay their bill or they just took it down, but it's all gone now. You wouldn't know it. So wow. good, good for Jeep, bad for Bronco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot uh, about here, um, I'm I'm actually affiliated with a club. I'm I'm president of a club out here in Southern Arizona, one of them. And we get our new members, and we'll get to a trail, and we'll try to get, uh, take them on easy stuff and show the differences, airing down, kind of like the same one on one class, but also try to let them know what hands on touching it even getting greasy if have to be so they know what they're talking about if they're talking about hey i need my track bar fixed or they're not just talking about some thingamajig and they don't know what they're talking about and then people bash them online or right so we try to do that and i usually myself try to get i gear towards more towards the women because guys i kind of feel should know a little bit more so i try to keep it at a pace where the women know what's going on or at least willing to try something and of course, in my case, it almost it kind of backfired a little bit because now my wife has a, a JK on 37s and lockers and Dana 60. So part of my wallet goes to that. But um, she, she loves getting out there and she's just watching somebody accomplish something is just is great. Yeah, and you just, the look on their face and uh, the, oh, yeah. that, that uh, big smile or the fear of terror, uh, but uh, this smile trying to creep through that fear of uh, facial fear of terror. Tom, uh, this is getting off subject, but that's not unusual for me. Uh, president of an Arizona Jeep club. I've got to ask. We had a, a, a listener. <laughs> call, I know what's <laughs> You know what's coming? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is that even conceivable that a, a gladiator owner would be, told, would be shoved into his gladiator on a trail uh, by Wrangler owners and told to go away that the gladiator shouldn't be out here? Not in my eyes. This should never happen, period. Uh, but you don't know of that, and you don't know of any people like that, never, do you? That's what I sent you the message asking, or I was on one of the uh, on the, the Facebook page asking if anybody heard from the guy. I think Ron was his name or something. Uh-huh. Uh, heard from him again to find out what club it was. And it, it's got to be around the Phoenix area. There's so many groups. And you got clubs, and then you got Facebook groups that aren't clubs. I'm our club, and a few others that I know of in the state are dues paying, and we're also part of the state association. Tread lightly, unite all those different things, and we so we pay into helping keeping trails open and pay lot lawyers and mm-hmm. stuff like. That. Oh wow! But yeah, this might have been a Facebook group that just wanted to be a bunch, you know, asshats. <laughs> well, it's Christmas time, so. All right. Well, let's uh, thank you very much. That was a really good conversation about that. And it sounds like you guys think that the uh, like if we were going to do a uh, a seminar or something like that every so often. Uh, and and again, I, I haven't got Josh to to agree with this, but he loves writing stuff and he loves talking. So I think it's a shoe in. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, of course, we'll be talking more about that on the Jeep Talk Show. 
All right, so uh, I think we got. Let me see what. To, uh, where are we now? We're uh, thirty-six minutes into this. Yeah, we got. We got time for another one. Uh, Jeep dogs. So, as you guys may know, I am a huge dog lover. Uh, in, uh, in fact, I may be meet, maybe meeting you for the first time or the tenth time. It doesn't matter. Your dog is going to be my focus of attention for the full five minutes. I may be talking to you, but I'm going to be paying attention to the dog. <laughs> so, do you have a dog? And if so, do you take him or her on the trail with you? Absolutely. <laughs> I know you do. I met your dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a couple. But one of them's too big. She's 140, 150 pounds. I don't take her out on the tar trails anymore. Uh, Larry has a ramp for his dog, which is 150, right, Larry? Yeah, he's 130. He's a big black lab, and we got those uh, rock slide steps, so when a step comes down, we got a ramp that sits on it so he can get up inside of it. Otherwise, he ain't getting in because I'm not picking him up. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You would if you had to, Larry. <laughs> I've tried. Trust me. He's looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Are you you're talking about snacks, aren't you? You I know you're talking about snacks. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the ramp is there because initially when when it was lifted, he used to jump in the back. Well, certain part hangs lower on him, and he jumped up. It's oh, and uh, we were done with that. So, so what? Get him back in the jeep. It had to it had to be the ramp. So what you're saying is uh, the the trail hitch can damage other things than just uh, shins. <laughs> the bumper. <laughs> wow. Well, I got, a, I got an Aussie, but he's uh, he, he loves riding when he can stick his head out the window. So, like taking the kids back and forth to school or whatever it is, or just driving around, he's he loves it. Trails, not so much. Like he can't keep a splitting, so he ends up just like getting into the corner of the deep in, a, in the back floorboard or something curls up and then just hides like tries to hide he, he doesn't like all the bouncing around so he, he likes riding in it but not when it's actually wheeling do you think you he, he could, doors off do you think he could get used to it over a period of time or you just get the the feel oh. that this is a no-go i've tried it several times um you know we've gone out and got a little well, san gabriel river here it's got a couple of places you can go down it's just up the road and kind of get on some rocks um but every single time he just he doesn't like the not having the, the sure footing. So right, uh, but well, it's good you could go someplace that was close and and he something he didn't have to endure all day. Do, yeah, do y'all use the uh, the seat belt like the I say seat belt? Do y'all use the harness that attaches to the seat belt to, to kind of keep uh, them more secure or just let them let them roam? You no, know, he ours he's he's got the vest on. He's clipped in. Yeah, and then, uh, we got one of the. Uh, seat covers that actually the the front will actually come up and then clip to the headrest of the front seats so it's kind of in there like a big taco if you will because before we got that he would even being clipped in every now and he would come off the seat and he was afraid to break a leg but you know when when that seat cover is on the the, the back of the front seats he, he ain't going anywhere he just like i said big dog taco in the back seat yeah <laughs> I've got I've got that cargo net back, so when I take the top off in the summertime, I can put them in the the back of the jeep. And it's just kind of like a kennel almost, and he can kind of yeah. run around. He loves that because he can still kind of get his head out through the the holes there, or whatever. But again, as soon as you start bouncing too much, he's done. 
Yeah, I got, I got a year old uh, Australian Shepherd uh, Port Collie Mix, and uh, she loves it. She likes loves being in the Jeep. Um, although um, last time I was with her, uh, actually hit uh, um, the side rails, um, <clears throat> the rack sliders, pretty hard. And it freaked her out. She just jumped in the back and she wasn't moving out of there. Uh, the following time that I had her in the Jeep, like uh, as soon as I started the Jeep, she just jumped back out on the back where before she was right in the front with me at all times. But I guess that uh, hard hit scared her a little bit. As does it all. Us all. Yeah, we're awesome. a big believer in strapping them in. Even if, we're, even if we're just on the street normal, he gets clipped in because... Anything happens, they become a projectile real fast. But, but Larry, haven't you seen the dogs uh, run to safety right uh, before the uh, the jeep jeep completely flips over? You just see them squirreling out of there, and this they're they're gone. They don't care about the owners or nothing. They want to get away from that jeep that's fallen over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> too bad. I've seen it, but I don't know if that's happened in this case. The only thing I'm thinking about is 130 pounds come hit me in the back of the head if something were to happen. <laughs> but it's a soft 130 pounds. Yeah. What about that, uh, that Bronco? Didn't that, wasn't there a dog in that Bronco that rolled down Black Bear that jumped out as well? I believe so. I think, yeah, there was. I think every vehicle that's rolled down Black Bear in the past two years has had somebody has had dogs in them or a dog in them. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I'm, uh, they're, not true instinct. They're going to jump. <laughs> they're so, going to jump out of the danger. So, so, so Larry, you uh, sent your, uh, your dog to go down Black Bear with us in August? Oh, yeah. yeah, if I go, I may, I may take my dog with me. Well, there's a pattern there. So Uh-oh. if you strap your dog in the Jeep with one of those harnesses, make sure you get one that's... No, and look at it real close and make sure it's built well. Uh, they oh, yeah. recently... There was somebody here in Texas recently. They were on... Uh, they were at some OHV park. They were on the perimeter road. And uh, their harness, which came from a company that claimed to make like really good nylon products and stuff. Uh, it was a fancy looking harness, but the more I looked at the picture she posted, the more I realized they built, it looked good, but it was stitched together like crap. Uh, the stitching came apart at the buckle, like literally the stitching separated and the dog fell out of the Jeep, landed on its head, got a TBI and died two days later. Oh um, yeah. Man. So you got to make sure whatever, whatever equipment you're using, Inspect it very closely, even if the company says that they, they build a good one. Uh, I oh, can absolutely. post a link somewhere. My wife, um, we, we've got nine dogs. My wife trains them. Uh, she actually has got companies that, cra- that have crash-tested harnesses that they build specifically for this purpose. Uh, I can share the link here in a little bit. I just can't remember what the name of the company. There's like two different companies, and they actually build no-crap rated harnesses for it. Very cool. Okay, yeah, I'll look for that. Nine dogs? <laughs> well, they train them, so... <laughs> uh, she trains them for dog agility, but so not all of them are actual working dog agility dogs. We've got uh, three Border Collies, uh, a uh, Icelandic Sheepdog, some cow dog that's a foster, two Chihuahua mixes, uh, Great Pyrenees, I think I think that's it. I can't. I don't think I'm missing any. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll hear me say this. But ours ain't about agility. That's for sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> just laying her getting the treat. How'd yeah, she do with the uh, Texas heat when she was down here? Did she? Did any struggle with it? 
Duke. Oh yeah, he was suffering. Yeah, he liked to stay. He was suffering while we. Yeah, he was suffering. We were down there. That's, yeah, he wasn't enjoying the heat at all. None of us do. I've been here all my life. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. We've uh, we got a few minutes left here, about fifteen at least. So uh, let me. Uh, I got a couple more things here to, that we can talk about, or we can talk about something you guys would like to talk about. Does anybody have a a subject they'd like to bring up? Yeah, we're Availability of 37-inch tires. Uh, if you get a flat-bottom boat and go to California, you can uh, go off into the uh, Pacific and uh, start checking the, the, uh, the, the, the shipping boxes out there. Yeah, I, th- I think John John's about ready to play let's make a deal with anybody that's got 37s or close, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I mean the funny thing is know, I only need two. I've got uh, 37s on my 76 Chef pickup out there. They're old Humvee tires. You can, you can have them. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought 37s were against your religion. No, so it's not on a Jeep. <laughs> it's on a full-size full Chevy pickup, which is fine. But uh, they're, they're old Humvee tires, but we're taking it off because Josh doesn't like them. So you can have them. You can well, I got get them. I don't, I don't I don't know that sixteen fives are going to look good on your Jeep. Well, they're uh, no. The problem is if they're at a Lugerville, which is a town nearby, sorting facility, and they've been there, according to FedEx, out for delivery since last Thursday. Oh, ah, so that's not good. The problem was I sold my three forties on it, John. Well, I asked him. I was is. like, "Y'all got it y'all got any tires?" The only ones they had were like forty twos or forty threes, and then the fifty eights or whatever they were, the big ones. <laughs> there you go. I mean, at least for a picture, John. I mean, you know, how much? How much just to get a picture with the fifty-eights on? <laughs> Maybe if it's in full droop on the rack, I could probably fit them on there. But it was, it was a. Uh, I don't know. It was. It was. It's frustrating to me, but I can tell the shop is probably frustrated as well because oh, it's costing them whole, money. Yeah, you know, they've got a whole lift out of action because I sold the thirty-fives already. So there's, there's nothing on it. So they've got this Jeep up on the rack for the last, you know, three business days, but they can't. They don't have it. on the rack. Oh, hey, John, they don't have rollers that they can just throw it on there as rollers and get the hell out of the way until your tires come in. They didn't have any around. They're having the same problems getting tires as well. I mean, that maybe you get some takeoffs eventually. So maybe they have since then. But I know yesterday they were they were upset about it but i didn't under, understand i thought that they were waiting for parts because they had a broken lift now it makes sense you, you're taking up a lift how much is re- yeah. lift rental by the way oh well they're they already they already comped me uh like all the mountain balance and everything else for, for having to wait this long so oh okay uh, well they're, they're still feeling bad that's good <laughs> john john you need to go over there and get get a photo of your jeep on the uh the hodgepodge of 17 inch tires that they put it on because i worked in a tire store for long enough and i would go search high and low in the uh in the uh, used tire bin the the scrap bin and just mount them up air them up and roll it out in the parking lot man it's probably sitting cattywampus on you know four or five different sizes four different sizes on the ground and uh that's where your jeep would be if if i was working there man john, you might not like on. to see it but that's what's happening john well, I'll, I'll just mention to you I'll just remind you that whenever I went to the Jeep Talk Show event in September uh, there at Hidden Falls, I, uh, I contacted Simple Tire and ordered a set of uh, five 35-inch Nexon Rodian MTXs, and they were here in two days or three days. 
And Probably didn't use FedEx. It was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me think about that for a second. No, it was. It was FedEx. FedEx delivered them. And uh, so, worst case is, you could always go buy you some 37-inch Nexon tires. I can guarantee you, you wouldn't be disappointed with them. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the, yeah. the meadows. That's all right. You can learn. Learn your own at your own speed. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the big the biggest, I drove by there Sunday, Chris, to see if I could see it out there on, like, maybe some like factory takeoffs or something they might have thrown on there from uh, another lift they had done and it was still locked up inside the shop so assuming it was still in the lift of them but you know that was sunday so you know uh, are, are you buying wheels too john or just the rubber no just the rubber so it, and it's taken my, how long when when did you when did you order them uh a week and a half ago i think is when they ordered them it's discount tire oh. right so they're going through discount tire to get them and they they actually found there are five, but there's three coming from one place and two coming from somewhere else. The two that were yeah. coming from Colorado were the ones that got hung up. And so those are the ones that we're waiting on. Yeah, I, I just bought the, the 35 Patagonias for my Scrambler, and I think it took discount tire about two weeks wow. to get them. I've had good luck with discount in the past, right? Discount's always been... The customer yeah, service I mean, is incredible, right? You go up there and They'll even patch it sometimes, not charge you anything. That's what you happened know. to me. Yeah. yeah. They've always been really good. I mean, it was a tire they didn't I, carry, I doubt, but they patched. I, I doubt that they're doing it maliciously, John. I'm pretty sure that there is legitimate reasons. and You just have to sit back as a consumer and understand oh, that there, it's a sign reason. of the times, you know? Yeah, they don't have enough people probably working at the sorting facility or whatever over there. Oh, I 100% agree that they don't have enough people working. Yeah. It's... It's frustrating on all parts, right? So that's that's a topic, right? What's the longest you've ever had to wait on a part? I mean, I know Larry, yours was just down, right? Waiting on drive shafts and everything else to come in. So this is the longest yeah. mine's ever been out of action. Oh, oh wait, no. for, for, for John, for John Deere equipment. Sorry. Go ahead. I've been waiting a month and a half for a warranty shock. They were nice enough to give me just their cheapest thing on the line just to just to put it on so I had a shock. I've I've ordered parts from John Deere and it's come in six and a half months later. Oh my god. On big on big equipment. I've got I, I had a big four hundred pound flywheel. I hit something out in the pasture one day, a big rock or some damn thing, and I snapped the main drive shaft. I think it was like three or four inch wide drive shaft on a 400 pound flywheel. It's got these big arms on it. And they just laughed at me and said, good luck. And it came out six and a half months later and the machine just sat out there the whole time. I mean, it happens. It's they, it wasn't malicious. It's just shit happens. Wait, I'm not giving the shop any grief. I will tell you though. I thought about <coughs> earlier. I thought about renting a car for just like three days. Cause I've got, I'm without a vehicle now. Right. I just, just my wife's vehicle. And, so I thought about it, like a Kia Rio was ninety five dollars a day. A little small, like little you know, economy oh, box was literally right. ninety five bucks a day to rent, and it was that was amazing to me. Just uh, go, was, just go take a Grand Cherokee for a test drive, uh, and yeah, uh, just don't take it back. <laughs> return it whenever you know everything works out. <laughs> Maybe that's so what that he's doing. Maybe that guy's waiting on tires. That's exactly <laughs> it. He's waiting on Jeep parts, and he went to test drive at Grand Cherokee just so he could get around for a while. <laughs> we, we just solved the mystery right here. 
<laughs> we're talking Mystery solved. We're talking about a uh, uh, this week in uh, Jeep story that Josh has been covering where uh, this guy took a Grand Cherokee in 2019 uh, Cherokee on a test drive and, and still hasn't returned and authorities haven't found him yet. So that's that's the reference. Go back and listen to the past episodes and you'll get that joke. <laughs> Did that go on like six months or so on that test drive? Um, At least a couple months, uh, but I don't think six. It's still a really decent dealership then, huh? <laughs> well, in, in future times, we'll be uh, I'll be renting vehicles, and we'll just leave them someplace, and somebody else will just walk over there and, and take it and drive off, and there'll be no telling what we're driving, or either that, or they'll all be the same vehicles. Well, I watched that Grand Tour episode. <laughs> Maybe he was just doing a long-term review on it. And he hadn't, uh, hadn't updated anybody yet. They need they need to check YouTube for reviews. That's what that's what you're saying. <laughs> say, look at YouTube here. You know those YouTubers. <laughs> so, uh, John, I was going to mention yeah, mention this earlier, and I th- just thought about it again. Uh, I, I understand. You know, you have uh, time off road. You've already been off road quite a bit. Hell, you were even a, 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 a the the leader at one of the Jeep talk show events. But uh, I would encourage you and everybody else to take the uh, at least take the 201. Uh, I wouldn't jump straight to the 301 uh, because I think uh, there's always a little something that you can learn from that, and it's always good to have a little confidence builder, especially with the, the new stuff you got on there. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think my, my problem is that, you know, Aggieland's about two hours, two and a half hours away, and Hidden Falls is like 35 minutes. Oh, no, I understand. Yeah, closer is nicer. That's one of the reasons why I I was looking forward to going to that class is because it wasn't going to be a three-hour drive going out to Hidden Falls. See, so you're in the same boat I am, only the opposite direction. Yep, yep. So I do understand. So uh, uh, you made a a statement earlier, John, about uh, a Black Bear Pass. You're not planning on doing that in in August, are you? Yep. That's on the list. Yep, we're going to do as long as it's over. Absolutely. Yeah, Black Bear's on there, and, um, you know, as many others as we can kind of cram in. So, it's really, we're not we're not treating this like the Texas event where it was like a big organized thing. It's just kind of like, hey, here's the fast we're going to do, and then, oh, yeah. you know, no. just a bunch of us meeting there. More fun than anything else. Right. A bunch of fat, drunk guys having a good time. Uh, <laughs> 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 I will have my 12-year-old with me, so. That's why we'll be at the hotel. Y'all can just get shit based on your camping. That's what that's what you do. Who was it? Was it uh, Bob? How did you know I was getting drunk? Who was it? Bob that was saying in the Discord that he goes, "I'll, I'll camp, but I don't want to be the only one camping." Damn it! I'm <laughs> camping. I think most people will be camping, right? I'll be. I think we're camping on the way up there, right, Bill? We're going to stop, you know, in a few places, and maybe New Mexico and stuff like that on the way up there. Yeah. How many? I, uh, how, how long is the trip i've seen it on discord but i hadn't been following it much um it's uh well the the ura days are august 2nd 3rd and 4th is what i'm going to be there for right everybody's kind of we got to sign up sheet where it's not really signing up it's just more like letting everybody know kind of where you're going to be and what you plan on doing while you're up there kind of thing so you can if people want to go together they can coordinate so um but ura is like you know tuesday wednesday tuesday through friday kind of thing um but you know we're probably going to take off like saturday or something beforehand and kind of work our way up to your uh along the way yeah i think that i think bob's coming to my place he's going to put his jeep up on the the truck he's going to sleep in the sleeper with me the entire week i think that's what bob said yeah Yeah, i'm driving from colorado to kansas to load the jeep on your truck and then ride back with you. 
back to college. Yeah, sounds. I think that's a great idea. Hell of a deal. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and Chuck, while you're at it, can you pick up a set of tires that John's been waiting for? Yeah, I'm gonna. I've got a ton of tires out back that I'm just gonna dump off at his house. There I you think go. there's forty or. 50 have them back there big tractor tires little tires we got lots of them john's wife is saying well why is the mosquito population certainly certainly bloom in our front yard <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's uh it's funny you mentioned black bear i saw a video on youtube was posted today of a guy who took a power wagon brand new power wagon down black bear and that looks that'd scary. be fun on switchback <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, what i was switchback. thinking switchback two i think it is, is the really tight one he did like a 50 point turn i mean there was like all yeah. it, I thought what's funny was, you know, yeah, you've got, he, he's probably scared shitless, but the amount of Jeeps that were backing up behind them along the trail, it was, it was probably a lot of people like, oh, wow, it's a power wagon. And then 20 minutes later, they're still waiting. They're like, God damn it. There's a power wagon. on the trail. <laughs> it's, it's like that Austin <laughs> Powers scene where he's stuck in the, the little yes. go-kart and over the little golf cart exactly. <laughs> going yeah, back and forth. There's a point of no return there. Cause once you committed you're in. Oh, oh you, yes. can, you can always take the shortcut, Larry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get the down. Just get the dog out first. <laughs> so I think Black Bear was definitely the other one that was big for me was uh, getting out to Animus Forks. You know, that was uh, that's that little ghost town that's halfway through the Alpine Loop. Did you say Enema uh, Forks? Animus. <laughs> Animus. <laughs> that sounds like a sc- scary something scarier than Black Bear. <laughs> It's uh, it's actually where the uh, the mouth of the Rio Grande River is, right? So if you're a Texan or whatever, that's 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 where that river starts. So <laughs> I'm in. So I think we also are going to look at a Pagoopsie Gulch. I saw Bill put a video up there um, when he went up there. So that's I think that's the only trail that I've been looking at that's got a little bit of a little bit of technical obstacles. Not not too tough, but it's it's more than just everything else is just scary it's not really technical but right, right. Well, isn't that part of the alpine loop though i think you can get to it from the alpine loop right bill i mean like, yeah you know, like that's part of it um maybe no, it's an offshoot i think it's an offshoot yeah like off of a okay. yeah but yeah it's uh i think was it off of engineer i think you can kind of get to it off of that way yeah, you, like there's Mineral Creek runs into where you can catch engineer. You can go down to like Animus Forks. So. Well, one of the things that I was most impressed with on the Discord uh, server discussion about uh, Colorado was Colorado is actually closer for me than uh, Moab or even uh, Arizona. Ari- I would love to go wheeling in Arizona. I think that would just be a lot of fun to be out there in that environment. Uh, but uh, it, 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 it didn't dawn on me how close it is. I mean, it's, it's right there next to California, so of course it's a long ways away. Uh, but uh, I'd love to see. I've always wanted to see Colorado, too. Ever since I got a Jeep, I uh, wanted to take a Jeep out there and just uh, see the beautiful scenery and uh, uh, just experience all that. So um, looking forward to seeing if we can make it work where we can uh, go with you guys in, uh, in August. That'd be great. I mean, I think we're going to go, depending on when you leave, Tony, I think, Bill and I were planning on staying overnight in uh, Amarillo and probably picking up uh, Jimmy and his family, right? And uh, kind of leading out there and going to some trails. I don't know if Jimmy's going to go camping with us in New Mexico, but 
he may go straight to Colorado. <laughs> right. Camping in uh, New Mexico when it's uh, 100 degrees outside in August might not be everybody's cup of tea. No, it's yeah, but Carson totally National mind. Forest is higher altitude, man. Yeah, it'll Maybe be during the summertime, it's cool up there. Yeah, it'll be fine. So I saw y'all talking tents as well. So I'm, I'm actually looking because that's on my list. The, the tent that I got right now is like a two-bedroom family-style cabin kind of basic tent. And so I was looking. I think I saw Josh. You talking about the gazelle? Because I was looking at that gazelle. I think it's the T4 that you can get. And I was uh, interested in in that one. Yeah, I've got the T4. Uh, it's big and heavy, but I've not found anything else that sets up in like 90 seconds either. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So let me. Uh, yeah, the, we're, the, we're, the we're right T4 here. Plus, we're right here at the end of the show. So let me let me ask you guys a quick question. Uh, the, the the those of you that have been getting into the Discord server, how do you like that? Has it uh, been a lot of fun for you guys, or uh, is it a, a huge time waster? And I I guess this it'd be good, a lot of fun and a time waster at the same time. I was about to say one and the same. Uh, <laughs> it's basically, a con- it's basically a, a continuation of this. Basically, twenty four hours a day. <laughs> So who doesn't who doesn't like shooting the shit about jeeps and you know whatever else we happen to be talking about in there? Yep, yep. I, I, Tony, I'm enjoying I, it. I got to be honest, Tony, because I'm very ignorant when it comes to anything that's not a hammer. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard your voice through my phone last night because of that voice to talk thing. And it was not at a opportune time, I'll tell you that, because my wife looked at me and went, who the hell is listening to us right now? She says, this is your goddamn Jeep talk show thing. So I just, going. you know, Chuck, <laughs> I... Show stoppers, so thank you, Tony. Wait, what were you, do- what were you Chuck, doing? Chuck, what, what I normally do, what I normally do is think of baseball. So you actually got something that will make it even better than thinking of baseball during those <laughs> those lengthy situations. <laughs> I mean, it was a showstopper, brother. I mean, I was like, what the shit is that? Well, my then, wife, who's very, like, to herself, you know, I mean, she well, then, then thousands of acres, and she's like, oh, absolutely not. Maybe planes are watching. Then, just, know, and, then do me a favor. Tony's voice coming over the damn phone. Then do me a I'll favor. Say, oh, tell, tell your wife she's welcome. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I'm not going to bring the phone inside the bedroom anymore. The phone stays in the office. I don't oh, yeah. Well, that's called Bluetooth. I think is what you're uh, what you're experiencing there, Chuck. Uh, uh, so anyway, I was just going to mention the Discord server first. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, I wanted to get a little uh, <laughs> the little uh, uh, talk in there about the Discord server. In case you're interested in joining us, you can go over to the Discord server. And uh, join in, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, scroll on down through there, you'll see a reference to Discord server, and there'll be a link that you can click, and uh, it's an invite in, and you're, you're more than welcome, everybody's welcome to join in, uh, talk to all us uh, crazies about Jeep and the Jeep Talk Show, and uh, tents, and uh, things that Chuck does that with uh, unicorn uh, coffee cups early in the morning, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, and Chuck keeps telling he's not, telling us he's not technical, but yet he's got a cell phone, he's on the uh, Zoom meeting, <laughs> and he's on Discord. So if Chuck can do it, you guys can do it. Well, I want to thank everybody for being with us tonight here on the roundtable. Uh, the, uh, the conversation goes on. So if you're in the, uh, the Zoom room, you'll know that this is not the end. 
<laughs> Sometimes these guys go on up to four hours having a good time talking to each other in the Zoom room, and you can too. Now, we're, only go- we're not going to be back until uh, December 27th uh, to do a recording on another Zoom room, uh, another roundtable episode using our Zoom room. So uh, we're taking the week off next week, but on uh, September, I'm sorry, December 27th, 8 p.m. Central Time, you can join us. Sign up for our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you will get notified when we have these opportunities for you, for you guys to join in and uh, have fun with us. And uh, thank you for uh, uh, the listener. Thank you very much for being with us. And uh, we'll be talking to you again, uh, uh, but uh, it'll be after Christmas. So have a, a very Merry Christmas. Podcasting since 2010.